0: Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek and we are live from Mobile, Alabama Which I enjoy much more than New Jersey, I'm enjoying my time in Alabama more than New Jersey No offense to New Jersey or New York And I'm here with Justin Penick as always And we're here with the football grump Um, He's missing the cranky fan We're going to be here for Senior Bowl week all week. We're going to have live shows every single day, Mm -hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're going to have recaps of all the practices. And then, obviously, your normal Talking Giants podcast. We were supposed to have Michael Coe on this pod, um, and he didn't respond when I messaged him. But I'm not mad, and I'm not going to burn a bridge. Justin, how are you?
1: Power rankings of who are your people? Manhattan people, Bronx people, Mobile, Alabama people.
0: Bronx people are my people. Mobile, Alabama is my place as okay. far as traveling. Cool. But Bronx people are my people. Manhattan people and Manhattan in general, they can, they can shove off. Wow. You're full of it. You've been doing nothing but complaining since we've been down here about the lights, the traffic, well, the roads. <laughs> the traffic is a given, but it's not even that bad compared to like uh, other places. So uh, so we're having a good time. Now we have to talk.
1: Grump, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm great. Thank you. Um, You're here. Uh, how, how are you? Good, good. Okay. Okay. Happy to be here. Happy that my day wasn't filled with two layovers, and I didn't have to go to. No, Detroit. we didn't get lost Mr. either. That was nice and easy. It was. It was beautiful. So we're here, talking football too. That's where the recaps, the videos are going to be. So if you're not a live stream person, the re, the daily recaps of Senior Bowl practices are going on the Talking Football channel. So subscribe to there and tune in there. We got a lot of Giants news. A lot of Giants
0: news. The Giants. Brian Dable had his opening press conference. Patrick Graham is expected to be back unless he gets the Vikings head coach job, which he has a second interview for, and they hire their offensive line coach in Bobby Johnson. Before that, this episode was brought to you by some special people. We hit 400 patrons, by the way. Wow. We asked for that. We hit 400. We got Tyrese Gilmore of the Gilmore Girls. We got J.D. stands for... Just Stingers. Just Dingers or Jerkin' Dogs. Ho- sure. Howard Silverman uh, He's related to Sarah Silverman. Uh, and Hell D. It's, you know... I, it's pronounced in hell, but he's an angel to us. Excuse me? Jason Olaca, Alaca, Alaco, Aloe Vera. Matthew Chester. Chester is a very like Alabama name, right? Oh, yeah. Just Chester. Like, you know, Chester down, down, down the road. Sure. He'll fix your tire for you. Jo- Joseph Volpe. Joseph's actually my middle name. Jack Dalton, who's very happy for the Bengals, even though his cousin Andy Dalton doesn't play for them anymore. James Marshall. We are. Mike Vest. He's a vest wearer. Matt Palmer. Uh, that's actually Carson. You know, he's another person who's happy for the Bengals, even though his his cousin Carson Palmer yeah. doesn't play for the Bengals anymore. I and, know a Jill Palmer and Evan Antonucci who did a four dollar and twenty cents a month per Patreon. Which, by the way, we are in room, <gasps> room four
2: twenty. Yeah. So as is actually really hilarious is they Justin's both-
0: mad we shared the location like anyone's gonna come and stop. No,
1: no, no. I'm not mad. I was like, legitimately, is he seriously playing four dollars and twenty cents? Yeah. Why not? But, like, we're in – that's – I mean, there's a reason why that number is significant. That's a sign for the universe. Not only (laughs) did
2: I get a text saying, come down to room 420 when you're ready, I went and looked at the sign on – and there's no sign telling you which direction room 420 is. It says 421 to 436 or whatever this way, and then, like, 437 and beyond the other way. So I was like – It's like the
0: mile marker when people steal it. Like, they're just like, we just don't put that number (laughs) up Mm -hmm. anymore.
2: Yeah. All
0: right, let's talk about this Brian D- Oh, who are these people?
1: Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Thank you to our patrons so, so much. Over 400 of you, which is kind of bizarre. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. $2 a month plus some other tiers. You get a lot of benefits. You get to hang out with us, watch the shows live, even like when when we're in person, which I feel like this is kind of cool. get some other tiers. Bobby sent you some sticker, stickers, magnets. We're adding a, uh, uh what do you call it? Whatever this whatever this uh, painting is. Should
0: have put a sticker back Picture, here, but anyways, we'll do it for the next
1: well, one. Well, we're adding a shirt to the store. We're adding a, a Brian Dable uh, beard face uh, shirt to the store, and it's actually really cool looking. So go and get that. You could possibly win that. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. All
0: right. We, do, we, uh, we belabored the point too, much, too long. Let's get into it. The Giants, Brian Dable, his opening press conference. Now, I don't think anyone should ever overreact to these press conferences one way or the other, like bad or good. They usually don't mean much. Where Joe Judges was one that everybody loved, and Nick Sirianni was one that everyone hated. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, now Brian Dables was very different than Joe Judges, even though some people compared it, uh, because you know he did like a two minute opener where Joe Judge did like a twenty minute, you know, not twenty minutes, I'm exaggerating, Uh, and then answer questions. It was very you know back and forth, joking around. And again, these press conferences don't mean much, but there was one thing that I pulled from it that like this is kind of substantial. Is that, you know, he was asked about Daniel Jones, and he said Daniel Jones came to him. He's like, What's some things I should work on? You know, concepts. I don't think they can share the playbook right now, but maybe they do without them actually doing it. And Brian Dable instead said, No, first thing is first. I want you to come to me with things that you like, things that you feel comfortable and think you're good at. Which to me, that is one big reason why I like the Brian Dable hires, because I think what he's going to do is going to fit the players, not to. You know, this isn't like some like Daniel Jones is the truth and we're now we're finally going to break it out. But Daniel Jones is his quarterback right now and he's going to try and build the scheme around his strengths, which the last coaching staff didn't do. You know, the only things that were brought over from the Pat Shermer to the Joe Judge era and Jason Garrett era was like plays that every playbook has, like stick. Yeah. Like they didn't, they didn't bring back, bring over the same things. And if they did, it was ran very minim, minimally. So that's something that we talked about on the Brian Dables hired podcast. You know, referencing guys like Derek Anderson and Cole Beasley, that hey, he's going to truly try and build it around these guys' strengths. Mm-hmm. Now, did the Giants' offense going to be good next year? Probably not, but it's going to be it's going to be built to their strengths, and they're going to have some good games.
1: Yeah, personnel is going to shape the identity of the offense, not the identity of the offense facing. Kind of what the, you know what the team looks like, and what I love just about, you know, having everybody in sync right now, which Joe Shane has talked about that kind of over and over again whenever he's gotten an opportunity to talk about it. There's a significance to having Joe Shane, Brian Dable, and now, you know, offensive line coach Bobby Johnson, all these guys being together, all these guys being in sync, and all these guys being on cycle, because what Joe Shane has kind of talked about previously to joining the Giants GM job, it's what he's talked about since he's gotten the job and things that we did our research on He's talked about. And then same thing with Brian Dable about, you know, we're going to let the players kind of adapt to scheme and kind of dictate what we do. And we're going to work around those guys. And during, you know, boom, opening press conference, that's one of the main, main themes. And that's one of the main takeaways. And we already knew that. So I really do like that, that from step one, GM, what he's communicating, it's felt head coach, what he's communicating it's felt from day one. I love it. Cool.
0: So we should we just ignore Grump and do our regular podcast? No.
1: I kind of was waiting. I was going to throw it to him. That's how radio works. I, I mean, I could
2: just be the silent guy in the corner. No, I mean, I thought there were some things that were kind of interesting here. So um, before we get into the DJ stuff, because I kind of have a question I want to throw to you guys and, and see what you think. But um, it sounded to me like he revealed in the press conference that he had spent pretty much the entire weekend both interviewing for this job. I guess he said he drove through the snowstorm to whatever, interview, Um but also that he spent, like, the entire weekend on Zoom. 40 hours,
1: yeah, he put yeah, that line out there.
2: Yeah, so um, it sounds like we should be hearing the staff rolling out over the next coming days. Um, and they really kind of are in crunch time. We're here at the Senior Bowl. Like, somebody should be here, right?
0: Shane will be here when ex- this is ex- exactly, out. Exactly. But, but the but, coaching staff won't.
2: Exactly. But, I mean, a normal team would have people down here. Um, multiple people, not just the GM. Probably,
0: yeah. I mean, there's there's scouts. Like last year, the only coaches that went were Judge and Graham, and obviously he's got to find his coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So I, I I get it. Uh, you know, in the it's the same scouting department, mm-hmm. um, but it does it does suck to not have him down here. But at the end of the day, they had to get their guy when they could get him.
2: Well, yeah, but but it sounds like he's got his he's kind of been working the entire weekend to get things together. Like, he's Mm -hmm. playing catch-up. It sounds like he's getting there. We should be getting a bunch of news over the coming days, which is both, I guess, fortunate and annoying, right? Because we're down here to cover a specific thing, and we're probably going to be covering other stuff too. But at least we're all together. So that kind of does make it – that's kind of cool. But as far as – so – Instead of him dictating to DJ what plays he wanted to run, he asked DJ to bring plays to him. At what point do you start designing plays? Over which players do you design plays around? Is it just the quarterback? I mean, at what point do you start getting the players to make the scheme that you're running run? Yeah. At some point, you have to bring in the players to make that scheme run, right?
0: Yeah, well, it's mostly based around the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback's the most important thing. That's the most... Like, hey, this guy fits in this, this guy fits in, you know, where there's diverse, where, yeah, do certain guards fit in gap versus run, zone better? But it's, at the end of the day, a good guard is a good guard regards the scheme most of the time. You know, a good wide receiver is going to be, you know, a, a good in most things where, you know, you can add things like the Colby's, the option routes and stuff. But for the most part, wide receivers, are, you know, Stephon Diggs is going to be good with the Vikings offense and Brian Dable's, Bill's offense. So with the QB, it's the most important thing. And then, and again, it's not—it's not like it's like okay. Here's the tw- the fifty things that Daniel Jones ran uh, that he told me he likes. This is the playbook. Like he's—it's going to be his offense. It's going to be a lot of the same similar concepts as Buffalo, but. You know, there's gonna have the there's those plays that you don't just run. There's those there's plays that you run five six times a game that you run every single week that are staples of your offense. For Jason Garrett, it was the stick concept. For Jason Garrett, it was the all curls concept. For hopefully with Brian Dable, it's you know downfield stuff like flood or or dagger or things of that nature. Which Daniel Jones had success running.
2: So I guess my point really is is that I wouldn't expect a real gigantic turnaround. Daniel Jones is essentially here for next year. This upcoming year and beyond that is completely up in the air. So it's not like he's going to mold the entire offense around DJ. So I just, I know he said that he wants DJ to play, run, you know, run plays he's comfortable with, give me some ideas for plays. But I don't think this entire offense is going to be based around a player who may not be here next year. And in all likelihood, I would say is a more likely than not that he won't be here in 2023, right?
0: Yeah, but at the same time, it's like what? Daniel Jones isn't you know Malik Willis or Lamar. like right. he's kind of a basic quarterback where right. there's not much not saying that he's going to be great at but like what what type of things can't you run with Daniel Jones now he's not going to be throwing 65 70 yard you know you know balls without putting everything into it he can throw that far but like not on the regular
2: I would say actually what he was running last year is what he is weakest at just timing stuff
0: <laughs> yeah it was it was to avoid turnovers it yeah. was very much hey, exactly pre-snap let's look at the defense let's pick a side let's find one player where he's at where, where does the read goes off of him it led to some you know a lesser sack rate it led to you know lesser interceptions and less fumbles but it also led to way less points than Daniel Jones began his year. Right. But at the same time, it's, this, to me, it's not even about Daniel Jones specifically. It's more about Brian Dable fitting it around his quarterback. Yeah, correct. It's about who, whether Daniel Jones is the QB in 2023 or it's some guy we don't even know the name of right now. So to me, it's less about like, oh, he's going to build around Daniel Jones. It's more so he's going to build around his quarterback.
2: Right. And that was just a distinction that I wanted to make. Yeah. Is it, right now his quarterback is Daniel Jones, but that doesn't mean anything really outside of next year.
0: Right, right, yeah, yeah. So it's not like we're going to build some huge offense for Daniel Jones, and then he's going to be gone. And it's like, yeah. uh oh, we we got we <laughs> got to totally change what we're doing, you know. Because yeah. at the end of the day, he's there's still going to be his basics of his offense. Like, you know, it's going to fit the players, but there's also an identity to a Brian Dable offense. All
1: right. So, any other like coaching important takeaways? But
0: before before the he's probably not going to call plays, which makes me think Ken yeah. Dorsey's on the way. Right. We'll we'll wait till Ken Dorsey's officially hired. We talked about it on Saturday a little bit, um, so we'll wait till the official hire. But that that to me sounds like hey, Ken Dorsey's coming in when uh, when once we ref- fulfill the Rooney Rule.
1: Hmm. How about um, now this is where you get like where how we did it with Joe Judge analyzing his opening press conference. But how did you feel about him just as like a genuine? authentic person because i felt like he was and i i like that
0: he seems like a cool dude but yeah. at the end of the day it's like it matters if it dep- all that matters is if you win or lose we're talking about this in the car mm. where it's like joe judge's opening press conference there was nothing bad about it what was bad about joe judge is they couldn't win games in yeah. the year two yeah. you know they lost all those games in a row and then when, they, when Daniel Jones went out the offense went from bad to just the worst thing you've ever seen on a football field um that Joe judges press conferences. Now the 11 minute one was different, but the whole like, Oh, he says the same thing. Like was never an issue. That's just something people get mad at because we're losing. So let's, let's find something I can, I can talk about instead of, you know, this type of run concept or this defensive concept. So at the end of the day, that personality is great right now because he's new, and if we win, it's going to be great. He's going to be a fun guy. But if we lose, he's and if he's making jokes like that to the media, it's going to be like this guy just uh, two jokes around. He does not serious enough, and Giants fans will say, Joe Judge. He, at least he did that. He he did handle the media right way. That's going to be exactly what happens. I, I
1: agree with you completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least to start with, with yeah, this, I felt Dable. The honeymoon's always fun. Yeah, I, I felt <laughs> Dable was a combo of kind of giving you the. I, he was not. He was not snarky with the. With the beat reporters, he but was like having saying, fun. He was saying like, "How are you?" He was having fun with them, but I still felt like there was a little bit of like Belichick and Sabin in there, but also him being himself with some of the details that he put in there. And you know, I, I'm sure I felt it's calculated that, too. I felt that vibe in there, but also at the same time, unlike with Judge, where it's like this dude, this dude is just scripted to the T. And at the time, we we loved it. I felt this is still a genuine and authentic dude, and he used those same words in there. And again, it reflects the research that we did. And he's coming in here, and it's the same way, which is cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, dealing with the media is part of the job. There's yeah. different ways to do it. You can do it the Joe Judge way, and you can do it the Brian Dable way. At the end of the day, all that matters is really winning games. And that's why these press conferences are – they're fun when they're new, but there's really not much you can pull out of yeah. them. And that's why that, that Daniel Jones stuff, to me, like kind of meant something.
1: Can I give some funny um, final notes that I have, and then we can move yeah, on to Yeah, are we going to replace
0: Dave Gettleman quotes – uh, highlight
1: reels with oh, Brian new that. Highlight reels. Idea. Maybe I, maybe I should do that. That's a really good idea. So I can do that tonight. Um, great Giants Giant color tie. South Carolina, by yeah, the way. I I don't even know if I should clip that. Great because people say it, and that we're obsessed with Giant Insider, even though it's not true. Great it's Giants really true. colored ties tie that he had today. Oh, I it was totally beautiful. Missed that. You missed it. I was I mean, listening to it. These was the watching. These are the details you have to pay I attention. I screwed to. up. Um. So we have a GM and a head coaching can and head. We have a GM and head coach right now. Uh Dable came in on a Ford Raptor and Shane has a Jeep Wrangler. Um it's matte black though. That's the important it's distinction. It's matte black. And also uh Dable did not lock the Jeep, uh did not lock the Raptor as he walked into the building. Joe Shane did the power which are, These are both power moves by the way. Joe uh, Joe Shane locked the matte black Jeep Wrangler from inside the car. We don't fuck with keys, all right? Don't don't there's no need to take out the key. Either leave it unlocked, lock it from the door. Don't waste your time. I think they just. What if they the,
0: just turn the alarm on every time they cut out?
1: They park in a locked Stop.
2: parking lot. <laughs> no, but seriously, they've they, they've just taken the moving to Jersey thing too far. Think. They don't need to pump gas. They don't need to lock cars. Suddenly, I I don't know.
0: I hope I get a head coaching gig because when they ask me to do that video, I'm just going to turn <laughs> the alarm on. You're going to it,
2: gonna show up in a beater. <laughs> You're going
1: to show up in like a hoopty. 03 Crown Vic. <laughs> Every time that like yes sir,
0: I know the brake lights out
1: of my ass. <laughs> every time that we've walked that we've walked back to our rental car today, Bobby Skinner he knows where the vehicle is, but he's blasted the car alarm, <laughs> which is totally unnecessary. I and was on Justin the, pho- has the, the whole learn.
2: way to the car. Too. Well, it's, it's not just on.
1: It's not
0: because of that. It was I was waiting for Justin to acknowledge that I turned the alarm on, and, and, then and I'm he like, kept like, Can logging. you
2: shut
1: the f up? <laughs> All right, um, him and Tom Rock connected on being bald with beards. I like that,
2: and Mike Garofalo, which. Probably the most illuminating thing from this is that I miss Mike Garofalo on the Giants beat.
1: His 4-year-old fell asleep. Okay.
0: <laughs> I wasn't here for the Mike Garofalo era. Oh, that was like 2011. I was here, but I wasn't, wa- you know, I wasn't watching press conferences like that. His 4-year-old did fall asleep. He's got six kids. Some talking Giants tweets would say he likes to get down, but he's got he's
1: got a big family. And Matt Lombardo was late due to traffic.
0: That's, there's no excuse to being late to the head coaching press conference.
1: You should be there an hour early. He also he said he lives 90 minutes away and he has a child. But living 90 minutes away, it sounds like a personal problem.
0: Cry about it. He yeah, in seriously. You, why would you live 90 minutes away from where you were? Taxes. Are? That,
1: you know what? That's that's great. That's a great
0: reason. <laughs> that was a point for Florida right there. I just gave to you and you didn't. Yeah, why would you live 90 minutes away from work? Live, you know, 20 hours away like I do. All
1: right, I have, those are all my notes from the presser.
0: Yeah, there wasn't much to it besides, and then the next point, Patrick Graham. It yeah. seems now he's getting a second interview with the Minnesota Vikings for their head coaching gig, which does make me sweat a little bit because he does. they're not bringing him in for a second interview just yes. for fun. You know, it's not like they're trying to beat the deadline like the Giants were with Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier.
2: Quick question because I haven't followed the Vikings head coaching search. I know a Zoom meeting does not qualify the Rooney Rule. Um, is this his first in-person interview there? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that either. As, as unfortunate as it is, like, we have to bring that up every time, right?
1: I mean, precedent is... You, you have a first interview, it's Zoom. Second interview, they're all in person. So. Right,
2: but I don't think a Zoom interview qualifies for.
1: No, it does not. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think they've brought in. Who else have they brought in? I know Harbaugh is a definite. I know Mike McConnell or. Kevin McConnell. Kev- Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell from Los Angeles and maybe somebody else. Okay. Did I mention Harbaugh? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Because I think, I mean, if he's coming in for a second interview, I think... He, that is kind of interesting. I really thought that was a money ploy. D'Amico Ryan. So, this is actually interesting when we're talking about the Rooney Rule. D'Amico Ryan said no thanks on the second interview. Interesting. And he's staying with uh, San Fran.
0: That could... Okay, so that makes me yeah. sweat a little less. Yeah. Um, I think Rooney Rule bullshit. Although Patrick Graham getting a head coaching gig would get us two third-round picks, but I'd rather just keep Patrick Graham. Unless we're getting Vic Fangio. And that's Patrick Graham seems to be staying. Brian Dable confirm that that Brian Dable is expected or Patrick Graham is expected to be the defense coordinator if he doesn't get a head coaching gig and this does get me excited I mean everyone knows how I feel about Patrick Graham I do think they could have upgraded with a guy like Vic Fangio but at the end of the day there's this it made sense for many reasons and it wasn't just Oh, the, you know, Darius Slayton had a good rookie wide receiver a year. Let's bring back Tyke Tolbert. You know, like just keeping continuity with a position group. Patrick Graham, to me, is a good young defensive coordinator who adapts and just gets it. He's a smart guy who gets it. So is there flaws to what Patrick Graham has done over the last two years? Absolutely. Has the two-minute drill been bad? Yes. Has the... The type that they've looked for in the edge uh, room not worked out, and traded away their best pass rusher at the time, Marcus Golden. Yes, yeah, so there's things that he needs to change and get better. But Patrick Grimm has shown that. Okay, he went to from being like you know top of the league in single high coverage to, to too high, but still being like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna bring guys down, just throwing different stuff at offenses. Um, I know the defense uh, wasn't as good as it was in 2020, when it was ranked ninth. But he's a good, smart, young defensive coordinator who I think is going to get a head coaching gig one day. And he worked, he's worked with Brian Dable. His philosophy fits what the Bills did besides the 4-3 versus 3-4. To me, uh, this makes me much happier than a Wink Martin. Again, Vic Fangio is the only one who would have made me more excited than bringing Patrick Graham back, Justin.
1: I have some numbers, Grump. So if you want to give your thoughts. No, first. no, no. Go ahead. Hit me with numbers. All right. So Patrick Graham, here's mostly why – I love Patrick Graham from a number standpoint. Just my brain standpoint, like Bobby said, he adjusts. And there was a clear difference in the Giants' defense in weeks one through six to the rest of the season. So here's some of their numbers overall. And you know I love to look at the explosive play data and how many times offenses are producing those explosive plays and then defenses, how many times they're preventing those explosive plays. So the Giants' defense this year, they finished with the third least amount of explosive pass plays allowed in the year 2021. They had the fifth least in 2020. So believe it or not, they, they improved. And with the, the better secondary, you would expect that they would improve, and they certainly did. Jory
2: Jackson. Jory Jackson was very good last
1: Fifth year. Fifth least in average depth of target this year. Ninth most in explosive run plays allowed. So there was a little bit run of a difference. Run game was bad this year compared to Run game to was year bad, before. but
2: also Blake Martinez, I think, factors into that at yes. least a little bit. Now, something and that's, they invited guys to run the ball on them, too.
1: Something yeah. that's significant is actually when the defense was its worst just total in weeks one through six, the Giants allowed a lot more, a lot less explosive running plays and then week seven to 18, they allowed a lot more explosive run plays. So that's why I really put more emphasis on the passing game and allowing those explosive pass plays, excuse my computer making noises. So weeks one through six, the giants allowed the 13th most explosive pass plays in the national football league week seven to 18. It was the second least of amount of explosive pass plays allowed. So that's the difference between 13 most and second least towards the second half of the season. Um, So Here's what I want to hear some of your thoughts on. And Research Rick is a guy that I admire, NYG fan in Charlotte. He has the line of bend but don't break doesn't scare opposing offenses, which I find to be true, but still my analytical self, I would, allow, I would rather allow field goals and I would rather allow teams to kind of march down the field, but if we're clamping in the red zone we're allowing punts, I'm still okay with it. We should have an offense that can kind of drive down the field and score and produce explosive plays themselves. So here's the most important stat I think of it all fourth most in field goals per drive allowed, the Giants were the National Football League this year, but the fifth least in touchdowns per drive. That's such a dichotomy. But mm-hmm. they also allowed scoring drives that ended in a score at the ninth highest rate in the National Football League. So that stat's misleading. Giants allowing a score, the ninth highest rate in the National Football League, but they're not allowing touchdowns. So I want to hear your thoughts on that in terms of the kind of the outlook on... Patrick, that's, that's been Patrick Graham's defense for two years now. Well, do we think that that is
2: what we want Patrick Graham to have his defense be?
1: It depends on personnel.
0: Um, and I do think the the scoring percentage does paint it kind of well. Cause like, you know, I think that's where they are ranked as 23rd in total defense and scoring. But like you said, it's, it's, it's keeping people to field goals is a lot better than touchdowns. And the giants were great in the red zone the, the last two
2: years in doing that. But they just don't have that real deal pass rush. Well, that's the thing. So, I mean, when we talk about Patrick Graham, are we really thinking that he's a kind of guy who prefers a system where he has this pass rush group? I can't imagine that's the case. So, I mean, the outlook on him for this year, he might be stuck with the same situation. I don't really know what we're going to invest in a defense, whatever. As far as Ben don't break doesn't scare opposing offenses, I think that's absolutely correct. But I also think we're at a point right now where. I'm not really interested in my defense-scaring offenses. We need to get better. We need our offense to scare defenses. Right now, a defense that bends but doesn't break is perfectly fine if you have an offense that scores points. Where it's really useless is when you have an offense that doesn't score points and you lose games, like, 17 to 3. Like, sure, you kept them under 20 points, but who cares? You can't score points. They weren't really trying that hard to begin with, but... If you're in a situation where we have the defense that we have and we don't have a pure number one pass rusher, we've got a guy like Ojalari who's at at best a number two, right? Um, That's okay if you can score 30 to 35 points a game. I think you can win enough games to be successful with that kind of defense. It's just that's where we are as yeah. a team with with talent. That's where we are. We yeah, have Giants, to improve the
1: offense. Giants had the third lowest pressure rate in the National Football League this year. So that's the biggest like that's why I give credit to Patrick Graham because I think he wanted to go into this year, and this was a, a front office and coaching failure, I think almost equally, of misevaluating that edge room. Where I think last year, heading into last year, they kind of evaluated it correctly. You know, where week one, they wanted to bring the heat. Patrick Graham wanted to bring the blitz. Week one after Denver's game, they had almost like a 50% blitz rate. Maybe it was like over 40%. That was the highest in the NFL from that week. But Teddy Bridgewater still had over three seconds to throw. So here's a little draft history of the Buffalo Bills. Well, before that
0: yeah. is what doesn't scare teams more than Ben don't break, is blitzing and not getting there. Oh, because now true. we got easy-ass shit to read. And that's Teddy true. Bridgewater is balling on you. That's what scares people less, and the bend don't break turns into turnovers as well. It's not simply; it's yeah. not like you're just giving up points, points, points. Like you, it leads to turnovers because quarterbacks just aren't patient. They're not trying to. Be, it's been a correction to the league of a downfield, downfield, downfield. Score as many points as you can. Go for it on fourth down. That leads to more turnovers, and that's what Patrick Graham's
2: defense yeah. said. That, really that McKinney pick on Derek Carr that was just pure greed on Derek Carr's part. Mm. Yes, I mean that's that's the kind of thing that you. That you try to bait them. It's into. a frustrated QB. We forget sometimes it's a there's a human element to it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Since 2018, the Bills have taken at least one defense alignment in the first three rounds of the draft. 2018, it was it was Harrison Phillips in round three. 2019, Ed Oliver in round one. 2020 it was AJ Epinesa in round two. 2021, it was Gregory Rousseau in round one and Carlos Basham in round two. It may not mean much for Joe Shane, but let's keep an eye on these guys during the Senior Bowl. So that's a uh, there's precedent there for. The Giants taking some defense alignment and edge rushers, and certainly they need the help there. Well, yeah, they suck. So I mean, <laughs> they they should be
2: getting one. Whether Patrick Graham is returning, whether he's not, my my big question about Patrick Graham returning because my initial reaction was excitement because I I love Patrick Graham. I yeah. think he's I think he kind of screwed himself. I don't think that they misevaluated the edge room. I think that he outkicked his coverage with the roster he had in 2019. Wow. Uh, 2020 see, you know, I'm playing I'm
0: cornerback too, and we are top ten defense. Right.
2: All right, So you're saying that I'm saying that of... Jason Garrett shit the bed so hard oh, okay. that they had to invest. They had to invest there because they knew they couldn't okay. coach with the roster they had. So almost all the resources went there, with the exception of a Dory Jackson. Right. So yeah. anybody else on defense that that they brought in? They. I lost mean Alvin, Leonard they, Williams. They I guess.
0: Had, yeah, but he's still. You know, they had to bring him. They so were They lost added a the Dory. They I, did invest the draft in the. Besides Tony, I think every pick was defense. But a lot of those guys, or Gabriel, but Rodarius was a six rounder. Ellerson was a project. That's true. Aaron, Aaron so Robinson. Robinson. They invested expect- in the secondary. All right, maybe you're Robinson right. was expected to have a bigger role, but he obviously he got hurt. And then Aziz was you know the number one edge guy. Yeah.
1: So do you view that as Patrick? So instead of misevaluating the edge group, do you view that as? Just putting a lot of faith and trust in the secondary instead of misevaluating the edge room?
2: Yeah, I guess maybe misevaluating the solution. Like if you had to pick between secondary and a pass rusher, what would you pick? And yeah. they were like, let's let's just shore up the secondary, which I don't disagree with, but the edge room is so bad that yeah. maybe maybe that was that was the wrong move. But they did invest a high pick in, in Zizo Jolari and he he was very successful. I mean, currently has the And they wanted Zachary. to go edge in the the Giants wanted
0: to go edge in the first round, but we remember last year's edge class, it was like I don't know yeah. if there's Anyone worth it at eleven now, uh, or and then back to twenty? Jalen Phillips goes to the pick before them, and if, I like Quitty Pay more than most people did. But you know they went they went Tony, and I think if you ask me right now, I'd pick Tony over Quitty Pay. They also
1: gave uh, or offered Leonard Floyd a contract too. So
0: yeah, that's oh that's right. All
1: right, can I uh, can I read an ad before we kind of go on with the show? Yeah, read an ad. Do it. The moment we've all been waiting for since September is finally here. In Senior honor- Bowl, Senior Bowl in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56-1 to odds on either team. And I need to remember those teams. They are the Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams playing in L.A. Is this the first time that this has ever happened, where they're playing in their home stadium?
2: No, it happened last year. Tampa Bay did it.
1: Wow. Look at that. That
2: was the first time, though.
1: Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if you're team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code JOHNBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 years or older. Location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohi- prohibited gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-889. Hope why or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine. You would have been screwed if you read that.
0: Or in Indiana one
1: eight hundred nine. With it, you would have been so screwed if you read that. You would have been like, what the? I'll read fuck? it right now. Yeah, read the red part. Go ahead. I mean, you already had me read it.
0: <laughs> Twenty-one plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Prohibited did did gambling. Paul call call one eight hundred gambler in Tennessee. Call or text the, t- the TN red line one eight hundred eight eight nine nine seven eight nine in Connecticut. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York. New York call eight seven seven eight hope ny or text hope Do you think there's people who are trying to call those lines sometimes and they're like maybe don't read that part as fast.
1: No, because they read it fast like on the radio.
0: They read it fast on
1: purpose. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. All right.
0: Let's uh We talking about Bobby Johnson. Bobby Johnson. We got an old line coach named Bobby,
1: which is good for the brand. People have been calling for you to be the old line coach. Would you would you Bobby take Johnson is such a fake name that you would use? One,
0: no. And two, I barely would be ho- qualified to be a high school offensive line coach, let alone <laughs> an NFL. Uh, YouTube uh, thinks you're qualified. <laughs> YouTube thinks a lot of things. Um <laughs> <laughs> we should go through youtube comments right now um so it's hard to judge position coaches unless they're like the mike munchak brian callahan guys who have been established and like the whole league knows are our, our real deal but with bobby johnson I, w- I would recommend going and watching he does a two-hour like clinic on like drills and the things he does so there's actually some good information on what he does yeah. now we don't know how great he is is that applying it because now, the the Bills' sack rate has been amazing the last two years. Pressure rate
1: has been bad. I have a contradiction to you that explains exactly why the pressure rate is high. All right, so typically one one of the things that we talk about in the game of football is that quarterbacks largely do control sack and pressure rates. I would say, you know, it's partly, it's, it's partly but I would say it, it kind of mostly is on quarterback and scheme to if they want to dictate it, like you look at Eli Manning in the latter half of his career. You know, sack rate was down, you know, if he's getting rid of the ball quick, right? So 2021, Josh Allen, his time to throw was 2.9 seconds. That was the eighth most in the National Football League. 2020, 3.04 seconds, which is insane. That was the third highest in the National Football League time to throw. 2019, 2.86 seconds. I still think 2019, the offense was a little bit more scripted, and it was still pretty much scripted before Dable really did like this full – change of I'm going to, you know, that was pre-Stefan Diggs. I'm just going to totally evolve based off my player. So 2019, it was 2.86 time to throw. That was still the 10th highest in the National Football League. So I think that kind of explains why the pressure rate may be high. Because, I mean, those time to throw totals, are really, really high. If you're holding out to the ball on average three seconds per passing attempt, that is an eternity in the National Football League. Are you ready
2: for this? I have a contradiction to yours. Wow, I love contradictions. Bam! Contradiction to the contradiction. Bobby Johnson wasn't even there until 2019. So 2017, 2018, the offensive line was controlled by Juan Castillo, who was an offensive line coach for a very long time and then inexplicably became the defensive coordinator for Andy Reid's Philadelphia Eagles uh, upon his departure. It was a whole debacle. It was a giant mess. I looked into the change, and when Bobby Johnson took over that job in 2019, which, by the way, in 2017 when Brandon Bean took over that team, he was somewhere the hell else. He was in Oakland as a tight ends coach, which is kind of strange. He flip-flopped yeah, between he those two. he with tight end coaches for a long time. Um, but when he came in in 2019, there was a huge shift in what they did in the offensive line. And this was the second year for Brandon Bean was 2018. That was when they dumped a lot of contracts. Yeah. 2019 is when they started giving them out, which included a record-setting one for Mitch Morris, the highest ever for a center at that time. Four years, forty-four million dollars. They got another center slash guard Spencer Long for three years and twelve and a half million. They went out and got Cody Ford, thirty-eighth overall. They went out and got John Feliciano, who they relied on, two years, $8 million. Ty Insecki was there for two years, $15 million. They made a huge investment in offensive linemen when Bobby came along. They noticed that Juan Castillo was not the guy, I think. Yeah. And he just, I mean, like, guys that Juan Castillo brought in, like center Russell Bodine, they dumped in 2020. They traded for draft picks. Wyatt Teller as well, they traded for draft picks. Mid-round draft picks that eventually got traded for Stefan Diggs.
0: And quick resume to... To go through. He's the Bills the offensive line coach the last three seasons. Before that, he was the Colts assistant O-line. You remember who the head O-line coach was for that Colts team? Remember he got fired? Tell me. Googe. Oh, what a he, small world. He learned – now, googe is an asshole, by the way. But he does know offensive line play, and he talked – like I was watching the clinic, and he referenced Googe a lot, you know. Googe just is horrible at dealing with human beings. Again, and then the uh, – you know, the, the eight years before that, he was with the Bills, Jags, Lions, and Raiders – uh, as a tight end or an assistant offensive line coach, sometimes both, um, and then was before that was coaching college teams like Miami, Miami Ohio. You brought up that Ben Roethlisberger. He yeah, like, he
2: was there when Ben Roethlisberger was a quarterback at Miami Ohio. Yeah, weird. so that's that's the quick resume. So I watched,
0: I watched the uh, the clinic on him, and there's actually some good stuff to learn about it. Um, and he has an emphasis on daily drills, mm. like a very here like emphasis on daily drills. Not just to like, okay, let's go through our scheme, like let's work on ankle bend, let's work on knee bend and hip movement, like 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 every day before practice we're doing these type of stuffs. And he correlates it and he explains to his players why we're doing this drill. Why are we doing this drill? Because it fits what we do in this situation. Um, and he talks about being on page with the offensive coordinator. Like he needs, you need to have, as an offensive line coach, you have to have a good relationship with your offensive coordinator to know what you're doing. You know, if you're not doing vertical sets, well, why we're not going to sit there and practice vertical sets and one-on-ones, you know, and then we're going to have the D line coach adjust, uh, for those things and those type of drills. Uh, and that brings me to the, my next point doesn't believe in vertical sets. And for most people, that's basically when the, a tackle is going back, back, back in a straight line um, and and guards like, you know, getting depth off the start. They believe in being aggressive in their pass pro. Pass pro isn't passive, which is, you know, Brandon Thorne says that line a lot. Which, how do you feel about that? Well, it's something that Rob Sale actually did. Uh, I think Bobby Johnson might put a, more of an emphasis on it, but it's something that Rob Sale did, and they, you know, uh, Andrew Thomas, you could pin in some vertical sets more, but a lot of time he was on those 45-degree angles or those jump sets um, for the guards. I think it actually will help a player like Shane Lemieux who struggled in pass pro. So it's actually a lot of it's, it's sliding protection. So it's, it's not far off of what Rob Sale did. Um, now, but we don't know how good Rob Sales was dealing with players. The Matt Parrott situation still weirds me, weirds me out a little bit with Sale. Um, although I, you know, I do view Sale, I, I like Sale more than most people. Um, You know, he should get some credit for Thomas, the Will Hernandez stuff. I I, I don't know what happened there. So it's basically like, hey, he doesn't believe in those vertical sets because – it just it leaves guys vulnerable on the inside, so he wants to protect from the inside out. We want to be able to recover versus counter moves better, and that's what that does. Now, a guy like Thomas, you could put on an island on vertical sets, but those guys aren't you know those guys don't grow on trees.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that Bobby Johnson said in that video is that every offensive lineman's assignment is different, and every offensive lineman's role is different. I watched probably like the first twenty minutes of it, and that was the thing that that was the thing that stuck out to me. All right, so like, I'm kind of a you know, so I'm on the rudimentary level of, I guess, football schematics and and offensive line stuff. So, I mean, I think the like the entire NFL. It's like I just like okay, like vertical sets. That's just what you have to do as an offensive tackle. Uh, maybe not, you know, guards, but offensive tackles. That's what you have to do. And one of the like, let's use Penny Sewell as an example. One of the critiques that I had of him is just a lack of experience in those vertical pass sets when he was at Oregon. Is that going to be kind of the thing that? we're going to be going to, where instead of those guys coming out and they're pushing off this front leg and they're going back, 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 one of the things that we should be expecting is they're just going to try and punch and kind of just mirror guys up front for pass blocking. On the
0: inside, you know, the tackles, you can only jump set on so many plays. You know, you have to get depth. But on the inside, absolutely. Okay. Whereas, and and again, Gouds tried to implement some of it. More of this is anti-Colombo stuff, where they had they the guards getting serious depth. Now, your center still wants to uh, get depth um you know, to help out guys and that's where Gates really flourished, uh was it was in that role. So again, it's there's uh there's different strokes for different folks as the O line, but a lot of the NFL is becoming more of these slide protections, quick stuff. Um and part of that is, you know, the way the NFL passing game has changed. And then the run game it's it's diverse. He's so runs zone stuff, gap stuff, you know, full you know, double teams, fold stuff. Um so it's, it's diverse. So basically like okay Bobby what's your opinion on Bobby Johnson I, I'm gonna wait and see you know I talked with Anthony uh, of cover one our bills guy who we're gonna have on the show next week and he's just basically gonna break down our whole coaching staff for us <laughs> at this point um, but he's like hey I you know it's it's position coach is hard to judge but he's like I'm not I'm not crying about Bobby Johnson leaving okay um, so it's a it's a to be scene and then they, you need players at that spot and if there's one thing that Joe Shane the bills and uh, Brandon Bean, they they didn't spend a lot of high capital on the offensive line, you know. So they they did, uh, you know, they they weren't filled with first-rounders like the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. I
1: mean, you also know that you have Josh Allen, which, again, I I think they do understand, and I think they do have that belief that quarterbacks are the, you know, part of the equation in keeping that sack rate down, keeping that pressure rate down. I mean, you saw this year, offensive line was arguably the worst not counting Andrew Thomas, but the worst set of kind of pass blockers maybe since 2018, 20, you know, they, they, definitely they were worse than 2020, but Daniel Jones' sack rate was down. And it was, he was like top 10 good in keeping that sack rate down across the NFL. And that's because, you know, a quarterback that finally has a good feel for the pocket and a, and a good Andrew left Thomas, tackle. Yeah. So how do you feel, Grump?
2: I feel... Okay. Um, I, I <laughs> this isn't I, Mike Munchak or Brian. Callender exactly. Where can yeah.
0: Celebrated. I,
2: I, I. I'm not going to be super excited, but where I. I do feel uh, comfortable with this is that I don't take either of these men, Joe Shane or Brian Dable, to take the offensive line lightly, at all. So I know that they put, or I. I'm assuming now, but I. I have a good feeling that they put some real serious thought in this and i think that connection between o-line coach and offensive coordinator is super important uh, right now I'm, I'm i'm just calling brian dable the offensive coordinator as like a de facto yeah. at least for now until next year we'll reevaluate what the real situation is but for this year upcoming i i'm thinking that he's pretty much running the offense for the most part designing the offense it's his philosophy and him and Bobby Johnson, if they're on the same page, if he wanted to bring him along, they were working on something together that was working and he wanted to bring him here, I feel comfortable with it. I feel comfortable with it. But like you said, I mean there's only there's only like two offensive line coaches that as soon as I hear their name, my ears perk up and I'm like excited. Like all these other guys, I got to like look into research and there might be reasons why they might have failed or reasons why they might have succeeded that you can't attribute to them. So it becomes a wait-and-see, but I feel comfortable that he's not just a
1: random-ass name. He's somebody that Brian Dable trusts and brought here. Yeah, this isn't, you know, we're in the month of March, and we're looking for that offensive line coach, which is, I think you would say it's the most important position coach to kind of have and get.
0: Yeah, definitely. Seems like players really like him, too.
1: Yeah, he's a my, – my biggest note is Which we're not
0: sure – we know they hated Googe. They would like Colombo, but that was kind of a bad thing because Colombo sucked. They hated yeah. Googe. I don't know exactly how they feel about Rob Sale, but um, I don't think they fully – I don't think they were in love with him.
1: Yeah, so Bobby Johnson is a known psychopath, but players like him. He seems like a,
0: a good dude to hang out with, which is not – doesn't qualify you as a good coach, but –
1: Wearing those sweatshirts, I mean, now this isn't just Joe Judge wearing sweatshirts at practice. This is the dude's <laughs> running around and he's sweating like a dog. And <laughs> the players are like, he's kind of crazy, but he's fun and he's good. We he's like pretty old,
2: yeah, fifty-year-old man running around in sweatshirts. Yeah,
0: it's Flats, Pat Flaherty, Ben Wilkerson. You know, it's wait, no one knows who Ben Wilkerson is if he's good or bad. Is Pat Flaherty back as an off uh, analyst for the offensive line, which was always. I liked. It's hard to say. It's part of me loves that, and also part of me is like that's a lot of coaches for one position. Is there are they getting different opinions in the room?
1: Yeah, remember Freddie Kitchens was also like working with the offensive line. He was the running game coordinator. Yeah, so that that worked out fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I don't. I, I would, I'd be interested to see what happens with with
0: Pat Flaherty because um, that's definitely a Giants legacy guy. He was the offensive line coach for all those
2: years, and then brought back. I don't think he's coming back. I think he was kind of twisted into coming back and settled on an advisory role. That's kind of the feeling I got last year. Yeah, that feels like something like... He was just like, I don't want to be doing this anymore, but I'll help.
1: Yeah, now looking back on it and knowing some of the decisions that were made about, hey, let's keep Garrett. That's maybe like an ownership thing. Maybe it's like ownership and Gettleman kind of twisting the arm of Judge being like, hey... Line kind of stunk, and you want to bring all these coaches? Well, let, if you are going to bring in somebody, let's bring in this guy who we're familiar with. Yeah, I got,
2: I got Flaherty on the phone. Would Come you on. would you bring him in for an interview? You Come know. on, who Brian Flores
0: fired before the season even started? Their first year there, I don't think that that matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Googe became the offensive line coach, um, but he did reference Googe a lot. Uh, all right, let's see. Explain same page. Blah blah blah. No verticals. Forty five
2: quick sets inside out. Um. well in twenty twenty one. This year, he had a lot to deal with on the offensive line. They yeah, were they moving guys around constantly
1: this whole year. COVID and injuries. Like they crazy. also started two rookies that were drafted in mid-rounds. Mm. Two. Yeah, Spencer Brown out of Northern Iowa. Who was the second one? Yeah, I, I got you. Give me a second. Talk about
0: something. Uh, Spencer, we're down here at the Senior Bowl. Spencer Brown's teammate, Trevor Penning, tackle out of Northern Iowa. I'd be interested to see if
2: that could be like a giant. Teammate of Ellerson Smith. So I had done... Some work on uh, Trevor Penning last year, actually.
1: So we have Spencer Brown who started thirteen, who started thirteen games, and I believe Tommy Doyle was also. He caught Tommy a touchdown Doyle. pass. Tommy, mm-hmm. Do- I think Tommy Doyle caught a touchdown pass. Tommy Doyle is also the name of a character in the Halloween franchise. Oh, really? Yeah, Tommy Doyle. He was the one of the kids that was being babysat in 1978. He died. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He just died. <laughs> He just supposedly, I think he died in the newest movie. He's dead. Sorry, Tommy. Um, any
0: other Giants news before we maybe talk about the Senior Bowl a little bit?
1: Yeah, we're doing good on time. I think we're like 46, 47. Yeah, we're a lot in. faster in person.
0: I are you Are you going to be butt
2: hurt if if Patrick Graham gets the Minnesota job? This is true. Good Depends question. on who we replace him with. Well, I mean, just the initial <laughs> reaction. What's your What are you going to be? Are you going to be? Damn D- it! Definitely going to be disappointed. All right. Unless they, if they I get agree. Vic Fangio, and I'm going to be like.
0: Well, here's my here's Sayonara. my thing with Fangio. I, I'm, bon I'm I'm
2: being I'm being serious about this because I was a little bit worried about Fangio coming in while also being excited at the same time. Basically, meant that this year was going to be a wash defensively. Uh, we're just simply not set up for a four three defense right now, right? I mean, Leonard Williams is no. on the books for twenty seven million dollars and thirty five million dead, so he's not going anywhere. How
0: but, much do you consider like? But don't you think he would change to what they have here? Ha- I, I would I I would think like maybe half-heartedly Aziz he might. These guys, <laughs> maybe having guys like Aziz and stuff have their hand in the dirt a little more.
2: I just think I don't even know if he would take the job.
0: I don't think he would either. That's why that's why I've never like gotten like too crazy on Vic Fangio. I I
2: think he would Fangio would take a DC job for like a year or two years that he can transition to another head coaching shot, I think. Cuz I don't even Bronco know that he deserved kept, to be fired. No, he did. not deserve yeah. to
0: be fired. Um I I Oh, but, you know, this isn't talk, talking Bronx. Yeah, he didn't deserve to be fired. Talking um, Bronx. Um, yeah, so that would, that would definitely be disappointing. I think Jerome Henderson is going to stay. He worked with uh, Brian Dable. They were at dinner uh, the other night. That news was broken by talking Giants, they, by the way. Um,
1: and that was right down the road from the Candlewick Diner.
0: We Our Instagram followers are really good at sending us off-season pictures of guys meeting together. Like, I, I'm very thankful to our Instagram crowd for sending the, us those pictures because we are better than everyone at those, and it's not because we're looking for them. Our Instagram followers send us those things. Oh, we things. broke that? We, or well, put it out there first? Yeah, we were, we were first. were for us. Number one. Um, Didn't know that. And Jerome Henderson is the one position coach, if you ask me, what position coach on the Giants do you want? I want Jerome Henderson, the DB yeah. coach, back. yeah. I mean, his, his attention, the detail, uh, you listen to the press, and just the overall production and results of the DB group, like, that's the one position group. Like, let's bring him
1: back. Remember we had a lot of bald coaches in 2020 and 2021? I think it,
0: just coaches in general
1: are bald. Is that a take?
2: We have to compare. Should I quit? Should I quit what I'm doing and just, like, go to school?
1: Yes. <laughs> scouting school. There you go. That's a thing. We're, this is the start of scouting which, school. Which, by the way... Senior Bowl.
2: I kind of said that if if the Giants go to, to make a playoff run, I'll
1: I'll bick my head and grow out a beard until they you, you until s- they lose. Now, does that mean the month of September of the following year? Oh, you I don't know if of, I could do a whole summer we're not like win that.
0: The Super Bowl, so you don't have to work that work well. No, it's that. not. It's not
2: his first year. It's any year he's here. I'm not. I'm not. We're pinch- not going to win the Super Bowl his first year, though. But it doesn't have to be his first year. It can be any year that he's the head coach. So every year that we go to the playoffs, you'll do that? I'll do it until they lose. Until they lose.
1: Yeah. Now, if they win the Super Bowl, is is the... Can yep, you the, grow,
0: uh, like, a long beard?
2: I can. I can. It's, it's, like, I can one of, of my goatee. good genetic traits is I've replaced the ability to grow here with, like, a nice, decent...
0: See, I'm the opposite. I can grow long hair, but I can't grow a real beard. I can grow a long... go. I've had my goatee, like, down the ear before. That's tough. Um, Tough. I have some pictures of that. But is that,
2: that, was, is that really that nuts that people were like, you're really going to do it? Like... No, yes. it's not. Yes, nuts. I'm really going to do that. The,
1: you know, when are you going to? I don't know if I can do they, a whole summer with you. Said, beer. said until it's, they lose, yeah. And the next time that they would have a chance. to Oh my to lose. God, could
2: you imagine? And they went like 11 and 0 for like. So I'd have to like rock it until the next December. Leonard Skinner or something. Uh, <laughs> Speaking
0: of Leonard Skinner we're in Alabama. Yeah, sweet home. Neil Young can um, wow, suck it. Wow, I didn't realize Neil Young was in the news. That was just very much a joke about and Neil Young his is uh. His Southern Man song, and then, you know, Leonard Skinner responding. Was it
1: Joni Mitchell? Jody, Jody Mitchell. She, she's another singer. And I think she also joined, to like, the, you know, the, the stamp. the. What's the, op- what's the opposite of a stamp of approval? Just stamp re- of disapproval. their music, yeah. <laughs> the, the stamp of disapproval against Spotify. And it's so funny how this one random dude on Twitter, I think he maybe he was, like, a comedian or something. He said, my father has a particular niche on Spotify for Jody Mitchell and Neil Young he's going to have a reaction to this and then two hours later he texted them who the fuck is Joe Rogan
0: (laughs) Um, that is that is such an old man where is he (laughs) I was listening to a show and they're like how deflating does that have to be for Neil Young when he's like I'm gonna take my like he's a great musician great rocker and they're like he's like I'm gonna take my my album off of Spotify and Spotify's like okay (laughs) 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 Uh, so we're here at the senior bowl kind of some content plans well snacks isn't here we're saving that for some video because i'm gonna i I want i'm gonna dive deep into that but he definitely overslept there's no doubt in my mind that he overslept and missed (laughs) his flight like i haven't even i haven't even considered that that that's not true um so we're gonna be at practice every day tuesday wednesday thursday afterwards we're gonna put out uh videos just recap videos on the Talking Football channel. Robert Smits, if you guys remember from our Bears preview, is going to be joining us for some stuff. Um, so maybe some guys from the cover one will, uh, will, will be joining us. We're, we're going to, you know, like like last year, we might actually make real connections instead of me making connections with the security guard. Um, that And we're going to live stream every night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then obviously another podcast out on Friday talking about whatever coaches we hire and some senior bowl stuff. And, I, and we get some good film out of it, and we'll lead to some player breakdowns and I'll have a mock draft out n- later next week as my like my post Senior Bowl mock draft. So we're gonna have some fun. I'm excited. I'm glad you guys are here this year, uh, and we're gonna try and uh, grow and get better. And maybe snacks will join us, and uh, we'll have some
2: uh, unnamed beers. No free ads. Liller might. Oh yeah, it's Lill or might. Yeah, um, this is a table, and uh, I kite. I do believe that snacks can fit through it. So
1: this is hotel property. <sighs>
2: We not if not we put it in like his room. He was stealing hotel property. <laughs> <Stop>. walking, <laughs> walking down the halls with a lamp. Like that of course like the nice. elevator opened and there was a guy there waiting,
1: and I was just like, "Hi." <laughs> that that is 100%. If I see someone doing this, like, oh, that person's taking that lamp home with them. Patreon is going to get the. I may even record a video to see what this room looks like. So we're in my room right now. We all have separate hotel rooms, but we're in my room right now, and you know, I have the whole. Ta- I literally have rearranged this entire room, and I have lampshades. Lamp shades I have pulled up right now, so the light is like shining on the table. This is not a very well lit room, as you're probably watching this. I probably have done some post production things to turn the brightness up of this overall look, but this is not. And I had Grump like take. <laughs> I, I, I think I was like, like holding it at one point. Can you please bring a lamp to this room?
2: Justin this room lit one of the
0: lamps on. Its lamp shades on fire. The lampshade no, is on. It was burnt. This is not when true. we got here. Grab this it. Is false.
1: Yeah, grab it short, buddy. Yeah.
0: Should can can we get some fireworks from one of the fireworks stores down here? We passed. We kind of have to do something dumb, but I feel bad doing it. We
1: passed an insane. Lit it on fire. An insane fireworks, and it was a barn. It was a sh- fireworks shop, but it was a f- it was a full barn. That was a barn. It was yeah. bizarre. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!"
0: <laughs> Would you give me twenty bucks to bust this beer bottle against the wall right now? Oh,
1: oh I don't cash, thank you. <laughs> we have equipment in here. That's the reason. That was a miracle that... Put it through the TV. That was a miracle <laughs> that we even got here to begin with. I
0: really want to throw this now, now that I put that out there. Because I told you not to.
2: Well, there's cigar time Just later. Just throw it
0: right at the camera. Which one? The one that I'm looking dead at right now. No. Like, it's, it's staring <laughs> me right now. Camera? For this giant. The camera. camera?
2: Not it's, the Logitech
0: webcam? It's cam. begging me to throw it at it right now, and I'm really <laughs> thinking about it.
2: What do you... Do you think you would hit it, or do you think you'd miss... all right we
0: appreciate you guys um I think we're going to be on your podcast maybe on tomorrow.
2: i got to work out the logistics, but we'll figure out. We may record tomorrow and it may air a different day or
1: something like that. I but.
0: think we should take advantage of being down here. You keep on saying that. I just yeah. want to put a podcast I, mean, I'd I, like I us to have a podcast out every day, basically. I have a
1: big-ass computer and sign into your YouTube yeah, we have account. like a
0: billion dollars of equipment. And Grump's like, I don't know if we can do it without my laptop. I don't, I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if <laughs> the laptop do do I don't <laughs> own or anything.
1: <laughs> Let's do it. Come on. Okay, yeah. I'll call
2: Cranky Fan. He's at the Knicks game right now, so i got to talk to him after. Towards. Just Giants. Just Giants. Just Giants. We have a YouTube channel now.
0: And thank you, John Boy Media, for sending us. I know we joke around about them a lot, um, but but thank them. Um, they don't get many things right, but they did. <laughs> see, I can't even give a compliment without joking around. <laughs> All right. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys. Enjoy our Senior bull content. Uh, until then, let's go Big Blue.